who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats? Well, dude, first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. So I would do. <laughs> Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think? Like, okay. You know, okay. All right. Stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. Uh, with you, as always, is myself, Anthony, Kobe, Billy. Gentlemen, good evening. What up, what up? What's going on, boys? What's going on, indeed? Well, another exciting week in the world of sports. Let's not waste any time and jump right in. Uh, I thought we'd start maybe with a little Lakers Summer League. Uh, the Vegas Summer League kicked off over the weekend. The Lakers played their first uh, game on Sunday night against the Suns. And we had a little Mac and Cheese, little uh, <laughs> Mac and Reeves, as the kids call it. Mac and Reeves, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't hear anybody call, call them that, but uh, when you sent me the text, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Mac and Reeves. <laughs> hey, at least you said it right this time. Hey, your, <laughs> right. your boy, Kobe, your boy, Mac, he, he played pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, I liked so far what I have seen from him uh, the first couple games. Again, I feel like he's really bringing that nitty gritty style. And, um, you know, he's he's doing a lot of the dirty work, uh, which is something that and I know I know you hate that comparison with Caruso. But I said it I said it, um, you know, after that first game, I'm like, oh, he's he's doing all the little intangibles and stuff. So I'm sure you'll you'll probably hit on that that comparison a little later. But yeah, uh, I've been impressed, and I've been impressed with Reeves too. You know, um, he he looks very poised out there, and uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll see what he does as well. Yeah, I I think um, Reeves has impressed me. Uh, we knew that he could shoot, but he plays bigger. You know what I mean? He kind of, you know, he's only six five. Looks like he uses his size well. Uh, defensively, he's he's out there working and getting to the basket. Obviously, he had the nice, you know, put back to win the game the other night. Um, mm -hmm. But I like there's a little chemistry between, you know, Mac and Reeves. Uh, that's always fun to watch. I, as you mentioned, I'm not, I'm not always in love with the comparison game. I think that sometimes we fall into the trap because somebody looks like or plays a little bit like a certain player. But to me, Mac is a totally different player than Caruso, um, obviously, other than the experience. But I think he's a better ball handler. I think he's a better passer. Um, they do have some intangibles. They're both athletic. They both uh, play hard. Um, I think that's probably why, you know, we saw earlier today the Lakers did extend, uh, you know, uh, contract offers for roster spots to uh, Brown and to uh, Mac. So they'll have an opportunity to make the club, but more importantly to be, I think, on the preseason roster to get a little more evaluation. As we know, Reeves and Ihe are already on two-way contracts, so they technically uh, aren't fighting for a roster spot per se because they're on those those two-way deals. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun to watch him, uh, you know, play the other night and uh, get the get the get the run there and you know have a couple big buckets at the end. Uh, we also saw over the weekend that uh, Coach Vogel got an extension. I think that was 
think that was expected. It was just kind of when was it going to happen? Was it going to happen before the season started? Was it going to happen during the season? I think we're all in favor of his sticking around though, right? I'm in favor of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, he's obviously a very defensive minded coach. That's what he's known for. And, uh, you know, that's what this team uh, of any of the teams in the previous few years uh, is really going to need this year is going to be defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like Frank Vogel. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. I, I like it a lot. Um, you know, he had a rough year last year. Obviously, the whole team did with all the injuries and stuff. He handled it the best he could. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, some of the rotations were questionable and stuff like that, but. Maybe he learns from it and, uh, you know, makes it better. Obviously, this year we have a better bench, I think. Um, We'll see what he does with this, and hopefully we can just stay healthy. You know, that's one of the main things, and maybe get a consistent rotation, get people, uh, you know, lined up and ready to go. Yeah, I think uh, what Kobe was saying, even though – like you said, Billy, last year wasn't the way we expected it. At least the defense was there. And in the, the last two seasons, the defense, if nothing else, has been the consistent common denominator with both uh, teams and different rosters and players and circumstances. And, and, and you're right. You, you bring us uh, you know, into something that I wanted to talk about with the roster as we're kind of narrowing down the end of free agency here, it doesn't appear that the Lakers are going to do anything else significant with the roster, probably just leave those spots open to see if maybe, you know, Mac or one of these guys actually plays well enough to, to earn one of those final few spots. So, but you look at the way the roster is constructed, uh, forget about the age argument. I mean, we know that's been well discussed, but we really have, 12 legit players, 12 guys that last year all played over 25 minutes a game and are all used to playing significant roles, whether they're either starter roles or guys that were like the sixth, seventh guy off the bench. So I think it's going to be interesting. One, can Vogel get the players to buy in mentally and physically just actually embrace their role? But it's also like you said, how are they going to get minutes and not just minutes to be happy, but minutes to stay relevant, right? You saw last year stretches, like you said, where we couldn't have consistent rotations and guys like Wes and Keith, they went three or four games where they didn't play. And then when we needed them to play, they struggled because they hadn't played in a week. So I think that's going to be a really, really interesting. That's, that's my biggest concern besides health is how is this coaching staff going to get all 12 of these quality NBA players, not just minutes to keep them healthy and and, and hungry and happy, but to keep them fresh and sharp. So when, you know, Ariza's in the game, it's got to make a big shot. He can make it because he hasn't played in two weeks. What what do you guys think? Well, I mean, that's what I was talking. That's what I hinted on last week as far as, okay, you know, you want all these big name players. It's there's one ball. There's X amount of minutes you can play in a game. The same time, if these guys are willing to buy in, they're going to be all for it. There's another thing is you bring up the age thing. Well, some of these guys, this gives us an option with all these guys that are used to playing all these minutes. Less minutes for Braun, less minutes for Davis. Keep them a little healthy, and you can mix it up a little bit more, and you know they'll be more consistent. They'll be used to be playing in the game. So it might work out okay if you're – mixing it up, giving guys less minutes one night, you know, depending how the game's going and stuff like that. But 
Or you may just say, hey, no matter how the game's going, this is going to be the lineup, and I'm not even going to play these guys certain minutes. Maybe the next night I play these guys certain minutes. For instance, back-to-backs and stuff like that. You know, you could be looking, you know, you could be looking at guys playing more and playing less and so on. And just as long as you keep it kind of consistent where guys are getting their minutes, getting their playing time, game minutes, I think we shouldn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Billy, Billy, isn't isn't it funny how, uh, you know, Anthony kind of came to this oh, conclusion, <laughs> to this conclusion uh, of how 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 are we going to figure out minutes for everybody based on uh you know him playing 2K the night before because he could he couldn't get minutes for everybody on the roster on 2K. Yeah, okay, so, look, so, in real life, it's well totally different established NBA players <laughs> use 2K to hone their skills in multiple ways. Okay. Oh God. Oh, here we go. Oh God. No, but you but, know what's funny? Right. Something something I was kind of thinking. Um, you know. This team is probably kind of a little bit of a of a microcosm of what Team USA was and is in a way because you have a team full of stars that you're trying to divvy out minutes to, you know. And I was actually just listening to the low, uh, to low post earlier today, and Jeff Van Gundy was on with Zach Lowe, and he was talking about how how him and Booker had to meet up with Chris Middleton. <laughs> and drew holiday and catch their flight in Seattle. And then that they got onto the plane and um, you know, you would think there would be some awkwardness and some tension there. Cause they just got done playing the finals against each other, mm-hmm. but it was, it was all about Jeff Van Gundy telling, telling the players, you know, what, what they could look forward to, uh, you know, in Tokyo and the sets that pop was trying to run and that they were like, just all on the same page and that they were, you know, really, really gelling together and that they knew that they were going to have to make sacrifices. You know, guys were going to have to come off the bench and they they just won the finals, you know, and Chris Middleton is going to possibly have to come off the bench, you know, and they were willing to do that. And I think a lot of guys on Team USA were willing to do that and accepted, um, you know, those roles. So it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers with all their stars can all do that for the bigger, greater good, which is a title. Um, you know, obviously playing for the country and winning your gold medal is, is great and everything, but if they can do it for that players should be able to do it to, to win an NBA championship too. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Everyone's saying the right things in their press conferences and all that. They turn down money and want not to be here and you're chasing a ring. So that means do whatever it takes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Right. Right. I think, uh, I honestly think, I honestly think they're in, I think they're going to buy into whatever it is. Um, they plan the coaching staff and stuff like that plans to do. And you're going to see a good year. It's going to be an interesting year this year. Yeah. I, I think you're right about the buying in part, especially when you have a team that's, you know, 60%, you know, really veteran oriented. I don't, those guys will definitely buy in. Um, like I said, my only fear is keeping everybody sharp, their skills sharp. Like you, you look at take Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, just as an example. They're going to be basically, you know, the bench backcourt in on most nights in most rotations. Those guys would probably be a starting backcourt on what twenty teams in the league. So to come in and be used to playing 25, 30 minutes, and now you're going to get fifteen to twenty. Are they going to be able to still be as sharp as they would in a reduced role? You know what I mean. I think they will. I think they're going to be fine. Like I said, they're going to, you know, guys are going to play sparing minutes here and there. So those guys are going to have games where they're going to play more minutes. It's, you know, resting and all, all that other stuff that Vogel's going to do and 
he tends to like to play with lineups at the beginning of the year. So once they get something solid going, I think more consistent, I think he'll be okay. And they'll buy in and they'll, they'll you know, they're not going to worry about their minutes too much because they know they're, okay, the next game it's a back-to-back. I'll get my minutes here. It, it's going to happen. It's I don't think it's going to be a big deal, you know. I think it's fine. Yeah, and uh, it, it is really crazy to think because remember how, you know, we would say when Luke Walton was coaching, like, we, we just couldn't pick a lineup and stick with it. You know, it was mm-hmm. like switching it up, switching it up, switching it up. And it almost feels like Frank Vogel has done kind of the same thing, um, but it's it's actually worked, you know. And I like the way Frank Vogel, you know, the way he speaks, like he's he's very deliberate. He's he's got he's the kind of guy like guys would buy buy into. You know, I remember watching him on um, on Lakers backstage and him um, talking about some of the defenses on the court, like there in practice about some of the defenses that they were going to run and the uh, need to eliminate um, help rotation defense and all that kind of stuff. And like the guys were like bought in, like totally listening, totally listening in and like focused on what, on what he was saying. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's just something, something different where I feel like when Luke was coaching, it was all like, guys, we got to play D we got to play D we got to play D but there wasn't maybe any structure or game plan behind it. And maybe that's mm-hmm. possibly why the Kings, you know, I think last year had one of the worst defenses like in history. Right. Um, no, so I, I mean, not to, not to knock sorry. on Luke, I like Luke and everything. Uh, but I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, there's levels to this. And I think Frank Vogel is definitely on a different level and, uh, you know, should be able to get these guys to buy in. So we'll see. I have a question real quick. Mm-hmm. The DVA primary. Do you do you guys think Jason Kidd as being an ex player and stuff like that? Do you think he had a lot of effect on on that? Like as guys like were okay, you're not going to play tonight. You're not going to play X amount of games. Do you think Kidd had a big impact as far as blah blah blah? You know what I mean? Getting them to calm down and buy in mm-hmm. a little bit and accept. Hey, I'm not going to play X amount of minutes for a while. I'm going to try this guy out. Now Kidd's not there. What do you guys think? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I think too, I think Phil Handy, you know, who's still on the staff, I think he's very instrumental in managing the egos as well because oh, he, guys love him. Yeah, exactly. He's been around a long time and players all love him. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, I'm sorry, I, I got my neighbors walking in, so it kind of threw me off, but, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Anthony. Uh, no, I was just I was just going to say I think the kid probably did have some effect to that, but I, I think Phil Handy is probably somebody that's maybe a little more involved in that uh, part of things. I think I think Jason Kidd was probably really good at at cultivating um, some of the players' uh, skill sets and really in, in, you know helping Vogel with that part of things. I think Phil Handy does a little more of the behind the scenes stuff, if you will, that you don't see maybe you know, on the, on the whiteboard. Yeah. I thought, and, and, and I thought that Jason Kidd, um, to be honest with you in the last couple of years, I thought he, he was really behind the scenes more than I thought, you know, because obviously we call, we, we saw kind of some of the antics when he was in Milwaukee and then mm-hmm. there was all the talk of, he was going to take over the team from Vogel, you know, Vogel sure, was just sure. the filler. And then the fact that like, you know, he played his position pretty well, was, was pretty quiet behind the scenes. We didn't really hear or see too much from Jason Kidd. I felt. Um, so I, I'm not saying that he didn't have an impact at all. I, I know for a fact he did, but it's just, you didn't really see it out there. Like I think I thought we would. So. 
Yeah, it was definitely a better fit than what the the media expected. I think. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think uh, I think you know the age thing isn't going to be a big deal either, like the media is saying right now either. No, and I think Fizz. I think Coach Fizz is gonna is gonna be great, basically as kids replacement too. So. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. So we also saw yesterday and today, of course, the Lakers had their introductory press conferences. Yesterday was Carmelo's day. Today, um, they had a little little bigger presentation, uh, as expected, for Russ. Um, but uh, takeaways, you know, like Billy had touched earlier, you know, Melo saying the right things, you know, that LeBron reached out to him and said, it's, it's now, this is the right time, let's do this. And Russ kind of with a, a similar you know, attitude and approach to what his role is going to be just to, to come here and make life easier for LeBron and, and try to help this team win. Um, what were um, any, anything you guys took away from those press conferences that you were particularly impressed with or. Um, I mean, I was at work today, so I kind of didn't get to see him. Uh, <laughs> why don't you fill us in? <laughs> Aren't you working, Anthony? Aren't you at work today? Um, priority on the check. trade. Let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't, All of I Anthony's workers. Him. Anthony yeah. was working, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't get to I, see I read some stuff. Yeah, I read some stuff on IG and you know Twitter and stuff. You know, mellow. We saw what he did in Portland. You know, he finally, you know, he's finally matured. Um, he's accepting his role. He knows what he's got to do. He knows what he's there for. He's fine. Russ, I handle shit out there, so I'm not worried about Russ. Yeah, I think, uh, like, like, like we mentioned, they both said the right things. They both, I think, really are excited to be here and want to be here and, and, and understand the goal. And I think that's going to be the most important thing as the season progresses. And this is something that, you know, we'll obviously touch more in and on as we get closer to the start of the season, how the roster sort of actually really unfolds in, in roles and rotations and things like that. But one thing that I kind of thought was interesting that I really haven't seen maybe a whole lot of discussion about it. Maybe it's just me, but this current roster it has so many similarities to the 2003, 2004 uh, Laker roster um, that, um, you know, featured Malone and Peyton. And I just thought it was interesting when you, when you break down, uh, you know, the structure of that roster and this roster, uh, not only is it similar, but it's, it just has a lot of, it, it feels like a probably, I'm sure not intentionally, but it like almost like, coincidentally built very similar, right? You had, you know, Peyton and Malone that came in in the twilight of their career, but still extremely productive older players. And then you bring in, you know, Russ and Mello and, and, and Dwight back uh, in, in a similar fashion. And, and the bench on that 2003-04 team was, was also very um, veteran uh, laden with, you know, Fish and Fox and Horace Grant, I think it was in like his 17th season or something like that, and Byron Russell. And then you had a couple of young guys in Kareem Rush and uh, a, a rookie by the name of Luke Walton also on that squad. Mm-hmm. So very similar to what, you know, the Lakers bench looks like this year, right, where you've got Ariza uh, and uh, Ellington and Bazemore in there. Uh, you know, mid 
to, to late years. And then a couple young guys with Monk and THT and none. So I just thought that was, it's kind of interesting, maybe by accident, the way that it's eerily built in the same structure and concept with the, the, the system and the formula and the depth and uh, a handful of veterans and a, a sprinkle of a young guys. So, you know, obviously that team didn't win the championship, but it, it was a good team. I mean, they won 56 games and were first place, I think in the West. So it wasn't, it obviously was a success in, in theory, just didn't close the deal. So, but if, what are you guys but thinking? if, but if, but if Carl Malone doesn't get injured, we win it all, right? It's possible. Well, we know if, if Shaq and Kobe don't decide they're not going to play together anymore, things might've been different, but that's, that's a whole other argument. Yeah. Yeah. But basketball is not the same anymore either. You're not, they're not, uh, you know, bodying people up inside like they used to. Everyone's playing outside, outside in instead of inside out. So the game's a lot different. So uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to play out a little bit different, I think. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the ended result will be different or anything. Right. It's too, you know, I'm not going to go and predict anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the game's different now. So age doesn't seem to matter. These guys are hanging with these young cats, you know, because – you know, if you can shoot threes, if you can play D, you're still viable and you can still hang in this game. So, yeah. yeah. And, well, and, 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 to, and to add to that, that's the thing that's kind of annoying is that just like you said, Billy, no one's banging down on the block no more. Nobody's getting physical. Why the hell that are is... people always injured? And why are they always load managing? Because it's all a business now. You know, and guys are missing games because of the money and because of business and they don't want to jeopardize a potential future contract and, I don't know. So everybody's going through that, every team. So I just don't like the excuses at the end of the season or, you know, with the whole load management or, you know, if this person did get injured, this team would have won. It's like, no, because now everybody's on the same playing field. They're all doing the same thing. And, you know, whoever wins at the end of the year wins, injuries or not. That's just the way I feel. You can go ask Kawhi about load management and how that's working out for him. Well, exactly. That's the thing. He thought he, he he thought that, you know, and everybody did. Everyone thought like that was the key. That was the secret. He did it. They won a title in Toronto and it's kind of worked out disastrously in the last two years. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's got its pros and cons and, uh, you know, it is what it in is. A, so In a way, age could be in our favor. These guys ain't looking for any new contracts or anything. They know they're towards the end of the year. They want the damn ring. They're going to go and ball out. So, you know what? Age might be on our side. Well, I think you're right. I mean, like I said, when you compare this team to the 04 team, Malone and Peyton, they played well. They were giving us, you know, I think Peyton averaged 15 points a game. Malone averaged like 13 and nine. They were playing over 30 minutes a night. So I think that this team, you're right, Billy, is going to be very similar where you're going to get hopefully maximum efforts out of guys like Ariza and Bazemore and Dwight and and, and Marcus Gasol and Mello because they're you're right they're not so much concerned with their brand five years from now they want to win right now so that's why I kind of thought it was interesting you know the comparison between the two teams I, I think this team could be you know very very good just like that team was and hopefully win the whole thing their brand is set and done there's no more furthering their brand Mello has his brand he made his brand years ago Everyone else has whatever they have. It's it's all about winning now. It's all about getting the ring. Yep. There's no setting the brand or any of that. If anything, you increase your brand by winning this ring. Right. Yeah. Legacy. 
That's what that's what exactly want now. Yeah, championship exactly. adds to their legacy. Yep. All but, right, fellas. Well, anyways, we, we, got, yeah, we, we got a schedule. We got a schedule to keep here. Come on, let's keep it. No, I, 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 right. as the season progresses, you, we can talk a lot more about this. Let's 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 move on to uh, our favorite part of the show. Kobe's got problems. I was about to hit you. <laughs> I was about to hit you with the wrap it up B music right now, bro. Wrap it up B. Okay. So here we go. Uh, obviously, my favorite part of the show: uh, stats, facts, or crap. We're gonna talk about three topics. Um, one of these topics, you just you guys just beat like a dead horse because Anthony sends out an agenda and then he switches the whole agenda the night before and screwed me all up. So whatever, we're gonna talk about this topic anyway and uh, let you guys let you guys run with it. So first topic we're talking about is yes uh we're just going to go right into it since we just got done talking about it um is how pretty much every show this week was talking about how old the lakers were and you know comparing us to that 04 team um and i think that a lot of people are naturally assuming that they're either going to be injured or they're somehow going to be you know struggling offensively who's gonna you know uh are are they going to have um, are they going to have the egos set aside so that they, they, they can play good offense and all that. But I think it actually might be more defensively. And again, we've touched on it already on the show. And the, the question would be, you know, cause the guys on hoop collective were talking about this on their last show, Frank Vogel is going to have his work cut out for him, uh, you know, on, on the defensive end of the ball. Um, but that's what he specializes in. So, is he really going to have his work cut out for him? Uh, what do you guys think? Just I know we talked and we were we're saying, oh, he might, but I want I want to know your guys' answers, your your responses. Stats, facts, crap. Will Frank Vogel get this team to buy in this year defensively, given the age and and everything that that was talked about this week about him? Anthony, you up first. Uh, that is a fact. I think for several reasons. One, we touched on it just a moment ago. The one consistency the last two years on two pretty different type rosters was defense. So Vogel had some issues, you know, with the roster last year, guys like Trez and Drummond, maybe not elite defensive players, but we still had the number one defense in the NBA. And I think when you look at this roster, it, it seems clear now the dust has settled that the Lakers made some strategic uh, maneuvers intentionally. It seemed like, we prioritized a Riza over maybe like an Igudala. We prioritized a Kent Bazemore over maybe like a Wes Matthews or an Avery Bradley. And I think that was by design, right? Because Ariza, even at his, his age of 35, is still considered a pretty good defender. And Bazemore uh, is also considered a very good defender. And obviously you bring back Dwight. Uh, I think that Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk are a not elite defenders, but I think they're underrated. I think they're solid defenders and their athleticism will really help um, some of the, the guys that maybe on paper, like the mellows and stuff that aren't considered elite defensively. Plus Vogel puts a nice scheme together where I think it is able to help guys that aren't as good individually on defense and maximize the guys that are, uh, you know, Phil was good at that too, right? Structuring a nice team defense that could sort of hide the guys that weren't great defensively. So I, I think it, I think it will work. Um, 
with the mix of guys we've got and with Vogel's experience. Billy, stats, facts, or crap? I'm actually surprised. Anthony talked about defense. That's probably the first time in I don't know how long, and Kobe, you got to agree with me. He never talks about defense. It's always me and you. I'm yeah, not very surprised. Question. I'm not worried about defense. I'm worried. I'm more. I'm, defense is going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. We got plenty of defenders. We got someone who can uh, defend a Peyton Howard, more athletic than Gasol. Gasol's a very smart player. Um, he he can read the defense and uh, help out, but Dwight can just be all over the place, blocking, rebounding. He's more athletic. Um, defense, I'm not worried about. It's the shooting. Everyone comes to the Lakers. They shoot 40 percent the one season. Come over here to LA in the bright lights. They're shooting 29, 30. So, uh, yeah, defensively, I'm not worried. If these, as long as, you know, we keep staying the top five in defense, um, hopefully, you know, these guys can shoot the way they did last year. And I don't see a problem. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will actually uh, say that this is facts as well. I think that, like I said before, I think Frank Vogel can get them to buy in and he will mentally. Um, Physically, that might be a different story because, again, that's that's where I think the age will come into play. They're not going to be – I mean, you just physically can't play the same kind of defense, uh, you know, at, at those ages that you could, you know, when you were a lot younger. So uh, mentally, yes, the buy-in will be there. We'll just I, – I, I will like to see how, how they end up physically uh, taking on the challenge. So, Like Anthony right. said, if he comes up with a good team scheme, I think it would be fine. All right, cool. Question or topic, I should say, number two. So we all saw that uh, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks just signed his uh, $207 million five-year Supermax rookie extension. Um, first of all, Anthony, this side note, is that, I mean, I would imagine just because the, the numbers are just getting higher and higher every year, but is that the most for a rookie extension? It is, right? I believe so, yeah, and it's it's the max that he could get, obviously, at this. Yeah, time. yeah, and I, I was hearing earlier today that it was like all guaranteed, and it's like you know he he doesn't even have to make any All NBA team already in the last couple of years or something like right. that. So now that's quick, that's crazy. quick math, quick math, Kobe. How that's much how more, he got it. How much more is that than Dennis Schroeder's contract with the Celtics? Quick math. <laughs> Two two hundred and six million more. Two hundred million. <laughs> yeah, Man, I'm, I, gonna I out, feel, I'm gonna turn out an eighty four and bet on myself. I feel I don't know. I, I'm starting uh, to feel bad for the guy now. So let's let's not let's not I talk to him. Away, better, I do in a way, but he better play his ass off this year because this is gonna be yeah, it's a opportunity for to, him to redeem himself. Yeah. Yep. So Anyways, so Luca Luke, so Luca signs his extension right. And Woj is reporting that that Dallas is treating this like Luca will be the face of the NBA. That was what, what Woj was reporting. I mean, all the execs and everybody flew out to Slovenia during the Olympics mm-hmm. uh, to, to make this happen, essentially. So, A, will he be the face of the NBA? And B, is he worth $207 million? Stats, facts, crap, Anthony. Uh, okay. Do I have to answer each one as a stat or one total question? Uh, tricky to you get tricky. <laughs> yeah, really, that was an yeah, AB two part question. It's a, it's a two part AB <laughs> question. Yeah. Will he be the face? Let's start with that. Will he be the face of the NBA? <laughs> What's behind door number two? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it, it is it's it's stats 
and a bit of fact. I also, I heard that this morning as well. I heard Woj talking about that. And I, I do think it's interesting. I think that if you had to pick one guy that is probably going to be the face of the NBA three, four, or five years from now, it's probably going to be Luca. I mean, I know you could throw Zion and some other guys in there, but Luca's probably the safe bet. So I, I would tend to agree with that. And is he worth the money? Well, he'd have to be based on that, right? If you say he's going to be the face of the league, you give him yeah, everything. Yeah, I think he he's total. I think he's totally worth the money. And then when you think about what these players make the league and make their franchises, of, of course they're worth the money. I mean, look, they're they're you know they're helping these these owners be billionaires, so it's not like they're not you know working it off, right? Yeah. Billy, he going to be the face of the NBA, Luca? Ah, uh, that's tough. <laughs> everyone, everyone bases everything on winning, right? Chips, rings. Yep. Um. Nah, uh, Dallas doesn't have the pieces around him right now to win a chip, and I don't know how long down the road it's going to take for them to do that. Luca's a great player. He's worth the money, yes. I, I uh, just the way things are based on, I it, it's hard because you, like I said, you're based on your chips, you're based on your wins. You can go to the playoffs as much as you want, but if you don't get over the hump, then what? Look at what people are saying about Chris Paul. All these yep. years, he's gotten to the playoffs. He's this great of a player, you know. He's one of the top 10 players of the league one of the faces of the nba but he hasn't won and that's always going to be there i don't know how it's good how that's going to affect luca because i just don't see him winning a chip anytime in the next five years to be honest with you okay so you're calling crap on that face crap, of the nba yeah, yeah. yeah. okay just I, based I... on winning okay yeah that's fair that's, that's fair a point. fair point it's a fair point and i am going to go out on a limb here and actually uh, agree with Anthony. I didn't think he was going to say stats. What? I was going to say purely what? fact. I know, right? Thank God um, this is recording. <laughs> and, I, and I feel the same way. It's, it's definitely stats. Everything with Luca has been all about his stats. That's He's, you know, this uh, uh, 30, 30, 10, and 8 guy, and he's, you know, being compared to LeBron as far as all the things that he can do. But – at the same time, uh, to be the face of the league, I mean, you have to have almost like a flawless image. And I feel like a couple things that Luca, you know, does that kind of like even get under my skin, like all the complaining to the refs that he does. And, you know, he doesn't really seem too committed on defense. And again, like he always seems like he's hobbled, like you watch him and he's like super hobbled when he's like walking up the floor, you know, so I don't know. He, he, he has a lot to do. And here's the thing. He's won overseas, you know, the EuroLeague MVP and one, you know, EuroLeague championships and all that playing the way he's played. So do we feel like he's actually going to change? Um, I think he may, you know, he's, I don't, he might not pull up Ben Simmons and just do his, his thing, his way. You know, I think he does have, um, you know, uh, he has that ability to, to switch it up. So I think it is all, uh, you know, a lot more stats than facts. Time will tell, like Billy said, um, got to get the rings. And as of right now, uh, yeah, Giannis is on top, you know, like it or not. I, I feel he's the Giannis is the face as of currently at the moment. So I agree. That's how, that's how I feel. All right. Topic number three. Here we go. Um, so <laughs> 
we're going to switch it up and we're going to actually go into baseball here. Uh, last two weeks, we've talked only basketball on these topics, but we'll talk a little baseball on this one. So I'll leave it to you guys. You guys are the, the baseball uh, gurus. So uh, Jerry Hairston Jr., who is a broadcaster for the Dodgers, uh, tweeted back in May, but he also you know reiterated this point last week on TV and said that uh, Shohei Otani is the best athlete on the planet right now anthony stats facts or crap it's fact but the key word in the statement right is athlete he's not saying he's the best player in baseball or the best player on the planet or whatever you want to say he's saying he's the best athlete and that's a fact he he's kind of a bit of a freak right he's he's tall He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he hits for power, he throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, I mean, that's, that checks almost all the boxes, right, when you're talking about athletic. Uh, but will he be the best player in sports? Will he be that LeBron James-type iconic? You know, will he surpass a Mike Trout or whatever? I mean, I think that remains to be seen on a lot of levels because the Angels have to win and they have to make the playoffs and they have to so there's lots of factors that aren't entirely his fault but the best athlete yeah i would agree with that i would say that's fact okay billy your thoughts if, uh, to <laughs> say someone is the best athlete on the planet is like going way far and beyond um he's a great athlete yes best on the planet i'm not best in the planet it's hard to really say that because okay you got athletes in basketball football whatever right yep every sport you're using different skill sets so i can i can't say because he plays baseball he i can't say he's the best athlete on the whole planet i can say he's a one of the best baseball players but i'm not gonna say he's the best athlete on the planet because it's hard to judge okay you're gonna judge a basketball player to a you know, baseball player and a football player and, you know, swimming and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. He's a great baseball player. I'm going to say that. I'm going to go stats. He's killing it. He's having a career year. Um, I hope he can keep this up. I don't know if he can keep it up for long as far as going pitch back and forth or pitching and hitting. Um, So far, it's working for him. The, The coaches are letting him call it. Say, hey, you know, how you feeling? You want to do this? You want to do that? So he's pretty much able to call his thing if he wants to play, pitch, pitch and play or whatever he wants to do type of thing. They're just going by how he feels and stuff, which is great. He's having a great year. Uh, whether he can continue it, I don't know. I mean, like Anthony said, you know, the Angels are wasting some talent on that team, you know, partially because Artie Moreno doesn't know how to get players and pitching and all that. But we're, that's a different topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my take on it. Otani's a great talent. I hope he can keep this up as long as he can, because we're not going to see this again for a very long time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, I defer to you two uh, guys on this one because again, I, I don't watch too much baseball, but I have been following a little bit of what Otani's doing, and we know that he's very versatile, and he obviously pitches, he hits, he does all that. 
Um, now I, I would throw it back to you guys and just ask, because again, I, I, I don't, I don't follow baseball heavily and some other sports too. And Billy, that's a great point. Like there's so many different sports. You got boxing, you know, you got, I mean, hell the Olympics just took place with all different kinds of sport, you know, there's athletes all over the world. So, um, but just from kind of what I see, I mean, it is, is, am I crazy to say that I feel in my personal humble opinion that Giannis is the best athlete on the planet right now because I mean Anthony you said it yourself you just called Otani a freak but we know Giannis is the real freak he's a Greek freak and his last two seasons were historical on both ends of the floor offense and defense and to you know have the run that they did this postseason to suffer a catastrophic almost you know near career ending injury and then come back and a week later and not only play in the NBA finals, but dominate the NBA finals. I mean, that, that, that was so freakish. It was unreal. And like Billy said, it's about chips and he's got the chip right now and Otani doesn't, but that's about all that separates them um, in my, in my opinion. So well, what would you say to that, Anthony? Well, I think you have to put it into perspective too, in the context. I can't speak for Jerry Harrison, but I'm guessing that he wasn't necessarily comparing him to every athlete in the world, like sprinters and boxers and long jumpers. Yeah. Uh, I think he was probably just looking at, you know, the basic sports, like the, the core sports that like we talk about. And you can make that point about, yeah, I mean, LeBron's a freak. I mean, there's lots of, you know, great athletes, but I think if you just look at Otani's got size, strength, speed. I mean, you're talking about a guy that leads the league in home runs and throws 101 miles an hour. I think that's sort of, uh, again, I'm just guessing what Harrison was kind of going for is like, who can do that? Who can, who can, uh, you know, beat you around the base pads, crush the ball and throw it by you faster than anybody else in the game. Like that's but, could it, but, 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 and that's, and I, that's a fair point, but can't you make the same argument with Giannis? I mean, last season he won MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year, which is something that only a hand, what two guys have done the whole, whole uh, history of the NBA. So, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, you could, yeah. he's athletic, but he's not necessarily fast. Like Otani, Otani has speed and power. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's that's all James Harden says he does. All he does is just jump and run up the court, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not beating anybody in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, I mean, uh no, those are the you know, good points all around I think on the Otani thing and uh, you know, time time will tell. I mean, uh, the, obviously we heard the comparisons, you know, earlier in the month uh last month about him being possibly the, the next Babe Ruth and all that, you hear that kind of uh, lingo thrown out and, you know, your antennas go up. So um, time will tell. We'll, we'll see. It'll be awesome to uh, see if, if uh, he gets himself a couple championships under his belt. Like, but, uh, like I said, like I said, this is fun to watch. And, you know, if I was any sports fan out there, whether you're a fan of baseball or not, this is a great thing to see right now. So um, just watch it when you can and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthony, you want to uh, wrap us up? Yeah, um, I think that kind of uh, covers us for this week. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed uh, this week's podcast. As always, we appreciate everybody who gives us a listen. And um, hopefully you guys will continue to spread the word and listen to us and tell your friends and friends, friends to give us a listen. And we really appreciate that. We um, like doing this and uh, we hope that you guys enjoy it. And um, 
we'll look forward to you know more great sports talk uh, next week. Yeah, what do, what are we what are we talking about next? We're not going to talk about anything next week, huh? I was hoping I was hoping you would do me a favor and allow me a couple minutes to speak on the uh, the fight next Saturday with which was supposed to be Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence Jr. Billy, I don't know if you saw what happened with Errol Spence today, but he did announce that he had to pull out from the fight. That is huge. Oh, what um, happened? He he has an eye injury. Um, he went oh, and saw the, I guess three different doctors, and uh, they all said he had a small tear uh, in his eye or something. So he's out. Replacing him is uh, your Danis Ugas, um, which uh, is a name that probably nobody knows. I've I've heard of him because I saw him fight one time a couple years back against Sean Porter. He lost a very close split decision to Sean Porter. Uh, very controversial at the time. But, um, you know, he's a gold medalist and, uh, you know, a pretty boxer, good amateur career. So he, he might be able to go the distance with Manny. Manny's up there in age. So we'll see. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit next week because the fight's on Saturday, the 21st. So we'll see if we can get into a little bit of that as well. So Yeah, that, that, that sounds great. Anthony's favorite, a sport other than basketball and baseball. Uh, apparently there <laughs> are a few. <laughs> we got preseason coming up too, so I'm sure we'll be doing some football talk uh, oh, yeah. coming up in the next few weeks as well. Yep, well, we will definitely be definitely talking some football, definitely. Cool. Well, yeah. Again, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in, and uh, remember to subscribe and uh, find us on wherever you get your your podcasts: Spotify, Google Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media: Instagram at Matter of Stats Podcast, and. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in.